0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Diaper Tapes, and I'm of course your host, Shane Zane, as always. Thanks for joining me again. Today is actually our 14th episode, the most exciting one that I have done yet, and I'm super excited to bring this to you guys. It's a bit of a long one, but... I learned so much uh, today talking with Todd, who is one of the owners of Tykables. Of course, if you're in the ABDL community, I'm sure you know who Todd is, or you know Tykables at the very least, and the uh, clothing they make, the shoes, uh, they make play mats, pajamas, uh, of course, diapers, and, uh, you know, so much more. The way that they have benefited the community is incredible. And it was so nice to be able to sit down and talk with Todd for a little bit and uh, pick his brain and really get to know more about him and Tykable. So I hope you guys enjoy. First, we're going to hear some quick words from our sponsors who make all of this possible, and we thank them greatly for helping make this possible. And a huge thank you for Todd uh, and giving his time and his openness to uh, talk about himself and his company with us today so please enjoy Uh, like i said it's a bit of a longer one so make sure you've got some popcorn something to drink and a fresh diapy and uh please enjoy thank you So, hi, Todd. Thanks for joining us on the Diaper Tapes podcast today. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Um, so, you are the one of the owners of Tykeables and have been doing that for quite a while now, correct?
1: That's correct. Uh, six years, as of about a couple of weeks ago.
0: Wow, congrats. Um, this you. is a really special company to a lot of people in the ABDO world and the community, uh, to myself. And, uh, I know that the role that your company plays as well as you personally, to be honest, uh, in, uh, whether it's events or, uh, Capcom and, uh, just the community as a whole. Um, it's good to have owners of companies that are, um, such a big part of the community. Um, so thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Uh, how did you get started in the ABDL world and when did you first kind of learn about it and well, discover this part of yourself, if you
1: will? Well, I mean, I've pretty much worn diapers pretty much my entire life, um, off and on. And uh, I mean, I, I discovered the ABDL community, so to speak, uh, back in the 90s. Um, and uh, I really became part of the ABDL community um, shortly after I turned 18. Um, and I had actually met several people. I'd met uh, the owner of ABY at the time, uh, which um, some people will find out exactly what that is, other people won't, but it was a very large social networking site um, in the mid-2000s. Um, I actually helped uh, as a moderator on that site before starting another site You padded, um, and uh, ultimately, uh, you know, in the uh, So, I mean, I've, I'd say since 2004, um, I've been kind of part of the in one way or another, um, often with groups or social media uh, sites and things like that. Awesome. I'm sure that at least at
0: times in your life, you have uh, wished that diapers were as commonplace as underwear, um, especially when you're younger, I think. That's something that a lot of people mm-hmm. have thought at one point or another. Is that something that you feel now, or is that something that you have thought, or um, do you think that might take some of well, the fun yeah. out if it was as
1: common as that? Well, I I think that answer would would change for you know each different person. I mean, my I've worn diapers twenty four seven for over sixteen years, so for me they are underwear. Um, you know, so <laughs> to me they are. Uh, you know, I, I think some people. Um, when it is more of a comfort and lifestyle, um, being more, treating them as, as underwear is more of a common thing for us. Um, but if it's more of a fetish or a turn on or a thing we do now and again, obviously that might take away some of the, uh, you know, the thrill of the taboo or something of that nature perhaps uh, for them. But for me personally, they are underwear. Um, but I could definitely see how... People would view and answer that question very differently, and, and the good thing is is that none of them are wrong. Uh, you know, it's a very personal thing for a lot of people, and whatever the answer is to you is the correct answer.
0: That is a great way to answer that. Thank you. <laughs> um. So, how has ABDL culture kind of changed in your lifetime, especially wearing for sixteen years? Ooh. And I'm sure it's changed. A sp- especially wow. for you because you now own a company and i'm sure a lot of the people around you or at least some of them also wear now whereas uh possibly at one point in your life nobody you knew did um is that
1: yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah i you know like i said when i, when I first discovered the Aventar community it was um <clears throat> when i was a teenager um we're going back to like dps time frame um And uh, yeah, the community has changed dramatically um, since the early 2000s, um, where, you know, you had one or two online forums and then a couple of personal sites on geocities and things like that, (laughs) uh, to now it's, you know, it's it's on recon, it's on FetLife, it's it's pretty mainstream without being mainstream. I mean what would have probably most people thought to have been absolutely insane or crazy to have even done i mean you know my my first experience being out in a um in a fetish environment with diapers for example uh was actually fulton street fair in 2005 i would say maybe 2004 but somewhere in that time frame. um and you know i went and you know a Sniper and tennis shoes. And I think I had only one or two people really say anything kind of negative to me at that time. Um, but then fast forward, you know, I've been going to, you know, to Folsom Street Fair as a vendor for the past five years, six years. It could be like six years on this year, you know, for the past five years. And we've had almost no one say anything negative to us and all that. But when we, when we went our first year, it was because Folsom had actually asked a friend of mine to set up a booth for um you know just trying to get presence of an ABL company there like you know, fulton wasn't you know just not only accepting of us they literally wanted an ABL company to be there <laughs> so we went from being like you know this this group that no one really you know is very taboo and no one really talked much about it and a lot of us were pretty shy because we weren't sure what it was going to be to you know now they even fetish events are like yes please come <laughs> so it's a I mean just that alone not to mention just the, the way our social networking you know works as well online we used to have dedicated ABDL sites and that was really the only place you could go um, right. I mean nowadays you know set life uh Recon as well as several even you know you know apps as well even have you know things for age play or something of a you know everyone a lot of those places do tend to kind of have to dance around the, the term they use. But I think for the most part, a lot of people are at least know of it. And while there's a lot of people who don't know exactly what it is or definitely have the wrong impression, um, you know, I think it's definitely becoming more, I don't want to say mainstream, but at least more known. Uh, and it's it's been really weird to kind of go from, I'm shy, I don't want to talk about this to, it's literally my job um, <laughs> to, you know, to have, when I sit down in you know, a, you know, a meeting with my FedEx rep or somebody and it's like, they have to know that I wear diapers all the time. And like there's kind of me wearing diapers, you know, so it's kind of a unique twist.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can only imagine how you feel. I mean, I went from like getting in trouble for having any interest in diapers from my parents to... Having exactly, a yeah. having a podcast where I talk about it, and it's such a weird twist from who I was when I was afraid to even like talk about it or admit that I was interested in this community, so it's good to have uh oh, acceptance yeah. and stuff now to have it be more widely known, like you're saying
1: oh I mean yeah no, I, I mean similar situation i mean my my parents you know when they first found the diaper, you know a that kind of freaked out and everything. And then, but you know, fast forward to a couple of years ago, I actually had a um, a parent, a mother and father, come into my store in in the Chicago area because they wanted to ask questions because they had found their son had some diapers and they were just trying to figure it out. And it went from, you know, from a personal experience of being like, my parents sent me to see a psychiatrist to now this you know now we have people that literally i mean it's not to say that everybody's like that we've grown so much but it's it's nice to know that that not everybody would be treated the way that i would have been back then because it's a little bit more known and and then now you have this or literally two parents literally just came into our store and just genuinely just like asked questions and that was it and it's like okay that's it was a little awkward at first to trying to figure out what they were trying to get at. And then it <laughs> finally... And they finally just came out and said, you know, well, we found our sons and It's Like, oh, this is it for you. Got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> now, now this makes sense. So, but yeah, no, it's a weird turn of events. But it's a pleasant one.
0: Definitely. Well, I was going to ask you if there was an experience helping someone that really shaped you or that made a big impact in your life. Uh, I imagine... Uh, helping these parents understand it a little better was one of them. Is there, um, another one that really touched you or is that one of the, is that an important one?
1: Um, I, do you mean like, like someone that helped me or me helping someone? Uh,
0: well, I mean, I meant, uh, like a customer service experience cause I'm sure you get a lot of people come in who also have never met someone who is as open and willing to talk about it. And, uh, it's such yeah. a taboo thing for a lot of people to go into a store where there's like a big crib and it's so welcoming and, uh, you can really be yourself. I'm sure that you've helped people in that way. And, uh, especially cause you've done so many great things for like people with, uh, autism and like other communities that use your diapers that may not even be outside or that may be outside the ABDO community. So, uh, do you have any stories of helping anyone in a, a way?
1: Couple. Yeah, I mean there, there are a couple, and I don't want to be too specific about many of them because it might divulge a little more personal information, For sure. even without telling who they were. But there is one there's one person in particular, um, and when I when I think about this particular situation and, and how it's happening, I literally get a smile on my face because the first time this guy came into our store, um, he was so nervous that he was shaking, and. It, it, it was, it was it was actually cute because he was just nervous. He wasn't scared or like that. He was just a little nervous and like he was visibly shaking. And it reminded me of the first time I ever bought diapers in a, in a, in a, in a store uh, because I was it was the exact same feeling. I, I knew exactly where he was, and you know that was maybe about nine months ago when he came into the store the first time. And uh, now he comes in once a month and he is perfectly fine and uh, completely comfortable. Uh, In fact, one of the times he came in, uh, he wanted to try on some of the clothing and it went from him being like super, super shy and nervous and visibly shaking um, at at the thought of talking to somebody else in a diaper and about diapers to he basically opened the door for the changing room and asked me if the, the snappies that he was trying on fit properly, and he's standing there in basically a diaper and a t-shirt and completely comfortable, <laughs> and I, I thought the just the transition was really, really sweet um, because, he, you know, he was so nervous about it and now he's so comfortable with it, and it's just a really, it's I mean, it, over the years there have been several people who have expressed similar, you know, stories with us, you know, from seeing us on other the news or just, you know, going to a, you know to event that we sponsor. Um, so it's, it's thankful thankfully there's not just one to say, but this particular one always makes me smile because I got to see the whole transition from how exactly how I felt when I was 16 buying diapers for the first time, and I was visibly like shaking and sweating, and like I could thought my heart was gonna you know jump out of my chest, and I could see that in, his, in him. And then now he's just like. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day he was just walking around, you know, <laughs> he came to one of these events, like one of the play events, and he's in a diaper on the diaper, <laughs> like I could totally see him doing that, you know, just because he's that comfortable now. So,
0: yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that experience, especially if they've been to one of the physical storefronts or uh, your store, mm-hmm. or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of people have uh, like a dream diaper, whether it's like a old baby diaper that they experience when they've uh-huh. started getting into it or uh for a lot of people it's just pull-ups in general um but do you have anything like that or uh any plans to um, bring out anything uh
1: that's really special well, to I, you i could say this the uh, the dream diaper that i want no one makes yet um maybe we'll be able to but the machinery just doesn't exist to make it an both size um and it's not a pull up, so everybody I can kind of back off. I'm not saying we're about to make a pull up. Um it is something that we're working on. Everybody is. Everyone said they are, everyone is. Um they will happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, it's making the right one. And I think that uh I. I s it'll be see it'll be interesting to see which one of us gets there first um and how it's implemented because to do a you know Kimberly Clark pull up good night style product in adult size. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, it's just not really designed to do that. Um, forgetting like the patents and everything else around it. Uh, but as far as a dream diaper, yes, I do have one. What is it? Well, that's hard to explain because it's actually not one that's ever existed. Um, it's kind of a combination of a couple of different things. And if I can ever make it, Trust me, you will know because I will be probably one of the giddiest people you'll ever see, and I will not be able to not tell you this is what I've been trying to make since day one. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but hopefully we get to it eventually.
0: (laughs) I hope so. It sounds like it's something special. Well, I hope so. Definitely (laughs) you.
1: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) If anybody else agrees with me.
0: Um, So, one last question for you. Uh, How does uh, running a company related to ABDL and uh, King kind of differ from running other kinds of companies? And how has that impacted uh, the way that you've uh, approached running this business and having this customer base and everything, and marketing especially, because I'm sure it's harder to spread the word when it's more taboo and uh, more niche clientele. Well, that's
1: actually... Several different questions. Um, how does how does running a, a an AV company differ from any other company? From the aspect of actual running a company, it's not that different. Um, while I haven't actually run another company, this is the only company I've ever run in that respect. Um, you know, uh, I, I was a regional manager for a large furniture company in retail. Um, my background has always been retail, sort of. You know, for the most part, um, in the in the private sector, anyway. Um, so I, I was able to learn quite a bit, you know, at, even at a regional level that allowed me to understand the the business aspect, the, uh, you know, the, the product inventory flow, uh, you know, understanding the, the terms and the things to look for, like sales velocities to help, uh, balance out the order flow, uh, for, you know, product inventory and things like that. So from from a, so, an aspect of that, there really isn't that big of a difference. Um, marketing is definitely a, is definitely a tricky one because you you want to make sure that they're that you're not being too aggressive. Obviously, um, I, I don't like the idea of doing things like retargeting. So, if you go to a, a website and then you start seeing the ads everywhere you go on the internet, I really don't like that. Right. And we also have to be a little careful because we, as a diaper company. Uh, you borderline HIPAA, so there it's kind of like there are certain things that you actually cannot use for retargeting For diapers, actually you can, um, it's perfectly legal to do it, but it, um, it is definitely a discretionary thing. Um, and I don't particularly care for retargeting ads. Um, the you know, the biggest thing for us is social media. Um, it, it's word of mouth. Uh, you know, you can do, you know, search engine optimization for like SEO some people just literally go into like a Google search engine or something like that and type in, you know, adult baby diapers or whatever. Um, and you know, make sure that you're ranking high on those type of things. But you know, the you know, the number one search term for us is literally our name. So <laughs> I mean it's the number one search term for us is us. So people that are coming looking for our stuff are usually looking for us. And they're looking for us because people are talking about us. So it's word of mouth. That is the biggest thing, and obviously the hardest part about that is just to get people to say something. Um, you know, you can't speak for other people. So um, the the most challenging thing is just being able to engage with people um, in ways that make them want to talk about it, and and um, you know make them want to share their experience with your products and with your brand and things like that so that they tell more people um, and that the, one of the biggest things that I found with us specifically is actually in our clothing line. Um, a lot of our clothing isn't, until recently, hasn't been like the over-the-top super cutesy baby stuff. So even when people took pictures wearing our stuff, a lot of people didn't realize it was actually our stuff, like our denim jeans, you don't see the snaps in them. Um, but they're there and people take pictures of them all the time, but no one notices it because it's not over the top QCAD gear. Um, because we make a lot of our stuff into more of a lifestyle to where it can be used all the time, every day. Um, and it's not something that you'd be uncomfortable wearing out and about or make other people uncomfortable if you are wearing it out and about. Um, so that's another kind of fine line of trying to figure out how lifestyle do you make your product versus how. Over the top cute, you make them without having to, you know, have such a large range that it's impossible to them to be the So that's another balancing act.
0: Definitely, and I'm impressed that you're able to do it so well, uh, <laughs> especially with all that <laughs> outages. Some diaper companies can have sometimes and everything. Yeah.
1: Uh, um. um the, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam K <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: one product, speaking of your clothing line, that uh, a lot of people like is the hats from the peekaboos. Is that something you guys have looked into, doing characters from your puppers line or anything like that?
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, we've looked at them, but uh, it, uh, that's a tricky one. So, I mean, we actually have done hats, say before. It just, had, it just had a logo on it. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of a catch-22, um, you know if if we have so many different characters, which ones do you pick um and you know we have you know we have our you know, Larry Brett, and tom from the, from our overnight and Galactic we have our four dinosaurs we have the technically we have three puppers and then our kitty bear um then we have the unicorns which have three of them on there. Uh, yeah, so like the number of characters that we have grow exponentially. I I don't know that doing something like a character based like the Pikachu would work. So they have four different hats and four different characters and that's it. Uh we'd probably have to do something where it was more of a, you know, like an overprint or a themed, or each you know each theme had its own hat or we something like that. We have looked at it. Um just it's not been something that we've pulled the trigger on. Uh we've tended to focus on other different products like our uh, denim line, um, and then obviously just bring out, you know, uh, tons of new snappies um, and things like that, you know, we, we just focus more on those items rather than accessory items.
0: So, oh. I know I said a moment ago that uh, that was going to be the last question, but uh, this is going to have to be the last question for real. Uh, I just briefly wanted to ask something that some people have been asking online um, that, uh um, mm-hmm. I I don't know how you're going to feel about, uh, I think it's a little silly myself, but there's been some controversy about the, uh, Puppers print and specifically Mm -hmm. that it may relate to police brutality because of one of the prints. Um, is that something that you've heard about online? Uh, Oh, yeah,
1: we've, we've heard about that, of course. So what I can say is that none of our products are intended to be political in any way, um, you know, I do not wish to draw unwanted attention to our artists of the pupper's design specifically, but with the comments that have been made with that, it is worth noting that the person who grew this was is a person of color. Um, and while I asked them to draw the design, I explained that the three pups are all service pups. Uh, and so we have our SWAT, our fire, and our service pup, who's an actual service pup. Uh, we have both our fire pup, who is a Dalmatian, um, which has been associated with, you know, firefighting since the 1700s, you know, so, that's you know, kind of a given. Um, Bork is actually a Labradoodle service dog, um, who is a superhero, actually based on my dog. Um, and then we have Sarge, who's a boxer mix, um, who is the SWAT or police officer. Um, and there's actually a full storyline that behind each of these characters. Um, it's actually on our website, we've linked it several times. And uh, with the boxer, as a police officer specifically, is that we chose a boxer because it wasn't—it wasn't a breed that was typically associated with, um, you know, police canines. Um, and the, actually, one of the reasons for that is we wanted to pick a dog that wasn't normally there, um, because you know, if you look at you know, if you're building a storyline based around the characters, It actually allows you to take this one character and basically say that he's, you know, breaking the mold, so of, he's not following the cliche. Uh, you know things like that, um, and with the actual pupper's all four landings on there with it, it actually tells a story so uh the the three pups are actually all service animals, and they're going to quote unquote school to learn their job. The teddy bear is a literally got the teddy bear, and to them think about it as like a eighties or 90s uh t v show where you know at recess they all have their imagination with other games or whatever. the teddy bear. Um, is what is that? It's part of their imagination. It's a physical bear, but it's part of their imagination. They always get into mischief and things like that. If you put the the panels of the diaper in line, it is that the the fire pup, pup is actually putting out the fire that the teddy bear, quote unquote, started. The superhero dog is chasing him, and the SWAT pup actually caught him. And in the fourth panel, they're putting him in a playpen for timeout. That's the storyline. <laughs> Um, oh, wow. And that is it, <laughs> you know, like that's what it is. Um, and you know, like it, 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 we've had this on our website for a while. And uh, you know, the other thing is, I know that somebody asked, you know, like how we decide on how we do our designs and what our design process is like. Um, well, what I can say is that you know, I, I think most of our competitors have figured this out by now. Is that we put all of our prints on clothing first, and then we bring in the diapers. Um, and the, the reason why I didn't give us a chance to edit and change prints based on feedback, the puppers actually have changed since their original um, iteration. Um, buff the fire pup, for example, he used to be um, his uniform used to be red with yellow accents, and it was actually um, changed over to be yellow with red accents because that's more of a modern firefighter uniform um, in certain areas. Um, and then the teddy bear was actually changed his colors around uh, to make him not as flat, so I'm going to pop a little bit better on different art days. Um, so, I mean, we actually have had the pupper's print uh, dating back to November of 2018. So it's almost an 18-month, a year and a half, we had all of these prints. And before that, I mean, the Little Roars was much the same. It started, um, you know, with four basic characters, and then we updated them to give the characters more definition, um, and later actually changed two of the four colors. Um, the T-Rex used to be purple, and the pterodactyl used to be pink. Now the is purple and the T-Rex is blue. Um, that was changed for a variety of reasons, mostly to do with color contrasting with all four of them. Um, and, uh, you know, the Galactic, that was a nice one. Uh, that print was uh, the best-selling uh, pair of underwear that we had when we released it originally. And then we added our characters to it, we expanded it, we, had it redrawn by the same artist who did um all of our other stuff and then eventually brought on to the same menu that we've been selling it under for over a year um uh, i mean our design process is pretty much that like, we don't just the only exception to that is the camis every other diaper print we have um currently was on clothing first and we got feedback on it before we put it in a diaper so it's kind of like the, that is our design process we put it on clothes first and we change it. We edit it. We do it. On. It's
0: really respectable. Do you uh, have a favorite?
1: A favorite? Yeah. Um, it's actually the puffers. Um, it, I'm biased because Bork, the superhero dog, is literally my dog, <laughs> so we kind of bias to him. Um, when I had the artist draw all the puffers, um, you know, I, I took, we gave him I showed him a picture, you know, of a boxer mix that we really liked the way it looked. And then we showed him a picture of, you know, Dalmatian. Obviously, everybody knows what that looks like. And then I literally showed him a picture of my dog. I snapped and him off. so him I'm like, and then this. <laughs> like, I need this. So I need to be a. I need to be a superhero. And uh, so he's he's my favorite because he's mine. Um, but outside of that, uh, I've always been a fan of Brett the Bear. Um, I I have a when we do photos, I, when we do photos of the galactic prints, I always try to make sure that I have Brett front and center on it because I, I like teddy bears. So I always try to make sure he's front and center on the galactic prints when we do them, um, as well as uh, the overnights as well, but for the galactic especially.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Todd. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. Oh, and uh, I hope everything continues to go well. I know that I'm a big fan of all these new prints and the – The new overnights and the changes and uh you guys recently had a female model on the website i'm I'm sure that's been uh Uh having a good response hopefully yeah Yeah. good uh so uh hopefully everything continues to be well for you is uh is there any uh big plans that you see in the next couple years or any big goals anything on the Nothing that I
1: can say publicly but
0: there's always <laughs> You got some tricks up your sleeve? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I'm a still cold. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well thank you. We'll talk to you again soon hopefully. Alright,
1: thank you. Have a good weekend.
0: You too. Bye. Bye bye.